0: So earlier I mentioned the New uh, version Bible app. And uh, if you would like to follow along with the reading you can, today, you can do that there. And, uh, or otherwise you'll be able to read it on this, along with me on the screen momentarily. Uh, we're talking about, well, the, the series we're in is called, Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? And I realized uh, as I listened to my daughter last week, that apparently that really dates me. I had no idea there's a rap song. I have to find out what the rap song's all about. Oh, some of you are grimacing. Maybe I don't want to know what the rap, never mind. Anyway, uh, I didn't know there was a rap song. All I know is the game show. Some of you might remember this. To tell the truth, where they had the contestants, and one of them was a really somebody, and the rest of them, the other two weren't, and they had to ask questions. It's kind of like 21 questions, and they would lie. Even sometimes the people who were actually supposed to be chosen would not quite tell the truth. Uh, and so when it was done, they were supposed to pick and add the real whoever stand up. So that's why, we, that's why we chose that title, Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? Because I want to connect with the real Jesus. I don't, do not want to connect with the Jesus that uh, as somebody else's idea about who he is. I don't want to connect with the Jesus that's my ideas. Uh, as good as I think mine are, uh, I have been known to be incorrect. Okay? I've been known to be a little off. Now, I've been wrong, plain wrong sometimes. Uh, and you, you uh, are all in the same boat with me, and that's okay. That's why I feel free to confess that. Uh, we've all been wrong once or twice. Uh, I believe that God has created us as human beings that, so that every one of us wants to have. A connection with Jesus, uh, and that shapes uh, our uh, lives for the better in that relationship with Him. Now, we might use different terms uh, for to describe that drive, but I think that our spirits are con- were created to be connected in a deep, loving relationship with God. And he is constantly drawing us to that. So we're studying Jesus' statements because I am also convinced that if you want to know who a person is, you need to listen to what they say about themselves. And So this morning we're going to look at one of the times when Jesus talks about who he is. Mm. And uh, hold on to your hats because it's probably not what you're expecting. I'm going to read the passage, and I'm going to tell you that what I'm going to say may not be what you're expecting. Just going to warn you, because that's what's half the fun. So we are in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. John chapter 14, uh, well, actually starts in 13, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, these are the this is the expanded version of the last evening of Jesus' life. John records a whole lot that Matthew, Mark, and Luke don't record. And I'm pretty sure that the conversations were even longer because there were several hours involved. But in chapter 13, they celebrated the Passover of what we've come to call the, the Lord's Supper. Jesus has washed his disciples' feet And he said, okay, let's go for a walk. It's time for us to leave. They're on their way out to the Garden of Gethsemane. We know that story, what happens there when he gets there from, from the Gospels. John chapter 14, as they're starting to go, he says to them, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so... I would have told you, I'm sorry, if it were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know, the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, I love Thomas. Thomas gets a little bad rap sometimes about being the doubter. Thomas is a real practical guy, and I love this question because it's it's very logical. Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Well, Philip goes, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Mm -hmm. Jesus, we want to see God. That's what he's saying. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us, show us the Father? Hmm. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Which works? The ones the Father's doing in Him. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. Now, let me tell you why. You should probably not be expecting what you might be expecting. Uh, Many people who call themselves Christians. Okay, that's probably a harsh way to say it. Many Christians and church people use one verse out of this passage to prove to their friends who aren't Christians that they really need to follow Jesus or else. Now, that's the verse that says uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life No one comes to the Father except through Him. And so I wonder, why is it that people, many people think that Christians are a little bit narrow-minded and intolerant? Now, for everybody who's about to panic and think, he's going to tell us that Jesus isn't the way, the truth, and the life, that is not what I'm going to say. Uh, You can relax and listen. I want us to explore this conversation together, okay? Because it is true, Jesus didn't make it exaggerating, he didn't, but if we keep it in context, he says so much more that we really need to communicate to people rather than to just try to scare them out of going to not heaven. So let's start with the basis, what I think is like the core truth for this whole bit of this last evening conversation, this part of it. Jesus claimed incredible intimacy with the Father. Listen to what he said. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. So before we go telling people... Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. He's the only way to know God. The first thing you should probably do is tell them, when I talk to you about Jesus, I'm talking to you about God. So when God says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to God except through God. Hmm. Oh. He is God. Jesus is God. God is Jesus. Look at Jesus and you see God. Hear Jesus and you hear God. There's this incredible intimacy. They are one. Now, Now Jesus' exclusive claim sounds a little different in context. When he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. In other words, what he's saying is, I am God, so you don't need to find a way to God because God has come to you. God came to us in Jesus. Unfortunately in our rush to proof text Jesus exclusive claim we omit his inclusive invitation Did you hear what he said Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father Anyone Whoever, any person who encounters Jesus encounters God. There are no limits here. You notice Jesus didn't say any of Abraham's descendants who met me. He didn't say every Italian. He didn't even mention Irish, Scottish, Welsh, English, all my peoples. He, Jesus said, every human being who will ever walk the face of the earth, connect who connects with him, connects with God because he is God. God is Jesus. Jesus is God. And we don't have to find some way to get to God because God has come to us. His declaration grows out. His declaration that I am the way, the truth, and the life grows out of his connection with the Father. They are one. They are united together. Now, Jesus wraps up this. I I would have thought this would be the end of the conversation, but he then he tacks this last part on. Uh, that uh, just kind of blows my mind. He wraps up this conversation with an extensive promise. Whoever, whoever believes in me, trusts in me, is loyal to me, has faith in me, whoever believes in me, will do the works I have been doing. I'm going to pause for a moment. It's a pop quiz. How were the works that Jesus did done? Okay, I'm looking at blank stairs, so maybe let me change it. Who did the works that Jesus did? God. God living in him did the works that Jesus did. (laughs) Think he may be hinting at something for us. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus said, when you hear me speak, you hear the Father speak. When you see the signs and wonders that I'm doing, you are seeing the works of God. You're seeing God at work. And his promise points out the possibility that for whoever follows him, We can have the same kind of connection with God that Jesus has. That's what we were created for. For the Father to be in us. For the Son to be in us. For the Spirit to be in us. For God to be in us. And for us to be in Him. One of my favorite authors is a guy named J.B. Walton. He says, I... Uh, One of the things he says is, first of all, we try to pare down this promise. We try to make it so that it's a little easier to explain why we're not living this. And if you are living this, we need to stop keeping it a secret. Okay, nobody stood up, so I'm okay. J.D. Walt, uh, one of my favorite authors, he says, "Honestly, I would settle for simply doing the same things Jesus did. It's not this doesn't have to be greater. Let me just do the same things he did." Quick review: Blind people see, hungry people fed, lame people walk, dead people live. Those would be great great enough for starters, don't you think? This J.D. goes on to say, so what's the problem? Why aren't the uncommon works of Jesus more commonplace in our time? He says, I will risk a diagnosis. We aren't seeing the greater works because we don't yet possess the greater love." Hang in there. He goes on to say, return uh, again with me to the days when I first discovered this text. When I first read about this, he says, I diagnosed my deficit as a power problem. I didn't have enough power, which quick, quickly led me to believe that I didn't have enough faith. After all, Jesus said, whoever believes, and so I focused on believing more, thinking I would gain more power. It didn't work. I've been there, by the way. I, this is part of my testimony. The only reason I like to share this is because this is also my testimony. I come to the temple, how do you trust somebody more? Hmm. You don't get up in the morning and say, I'm going to trust my wife more than I've ever trusted her before. You can't go read a book. You either trust somebody or you don't trust them. That's what I found out. And then J.D. Paul discovered something very similar. He said, it's just, I was trying to believe more to gain more power, and it didn't work. Yeah. Then, he says, finally, the obvious occurred to me that in John 14, in this section, it's sandwiched between John 13, where Jesus said, A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. One slice of the sandwich bread. The other slice is in John chapter 15 where Jesus says, my command is this love each other as i have loved you greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends i know we are really quick to go wow jesus really loves us and he does but please remember the first, part of the, the first part of the bread sandwich. The first slice of bread said, love each other the way I have loved you. And so when he says no greater love has anybody laid out their life for their friends, he's not talking about just his sacrifice on the cross. He's talking about our lifestyle. J.D. finishes his comments on these verses by saying, I'm convinced love is the power. We will finally see greater things when we learn the ways of greater love. It it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense to me. When we finally break through into the rarefied air of loving others the way Jesus has loved us, In all of the dimensions that are involved with that. When we break through and start loving others as Jesus has loved us, we will discover the only true power for doing the works of God. And it has been waiting on us for the whole time. The Spirit is just waiting for us to learn to love, to start to act and love like Jesus. I'm going to show my age again because I'm going to quote an old song, old gospel song. This was written by a a holiness preacher, not a Wesleyan, but that's okay. It was written by a guy named Charles Price Jones, one of the founders of African American holiness denomination. It's, It's a song. Some of you may even recognize it as soon as I tell you the title. Deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus. First verse. Deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus. Daily let me go. Higher, higher in the school of wisdom. More of grace to Oh, deeper yet I pray. And higher every day. And wiser, blessed Lord. In my precious Holy Word. Verse 2. Deeper, deeper, bless Holy Spirit. Take me deeper still till my life is wholly lost in Jesus and feels perfect word. Third verse. This is a verse that's not going to be really popular with any of us, but it's true. Deeper, deeper, though it cost hard trials. Mm. Oh, that's one of the ways you want to trust somebody who's <laughs> standing next to you in a little time. That's what you want to trust Jesus. He's going to through those times. Well, I let me go back to reading his good poetry. Deeper, deeper, though it cost hard trials. Deeper let me go. Rooted in the holy love of Jesus. Let me fruitful grow. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. To use that as a proof text that he's the only way to know God is just like to say, aspirin can cure malaria. It's not yeah, Aspirin will help when you have the fever, but it's not going to cure the malaria. And Jesus really is the only way to God because he is God who came for us. And whether we've followed Him for decades or if we're, we're just starting to think about what it might cost and what a life following Him would be like, this is the journey. Charles Price describes it perfectly, daily, deeper and deeper in the love of Jesus until I'm lost in Him. Until people around us Start saying, if there's ever been somebody like Jesus, it's him. It's her. It's them. Deeper in the love of Jesus. Daily let me go. Deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus. Blessed Holy Spirit, take me deeper still until my life is wholly lost in Jesus. Deeper, deeper. In the love of Jesus, though it costs hard trials, deeper let me go till I'm rooted in the holy love of Jesus. Let me fruitful grow. So that's the invitation for us. Let's go deeper. Deeper in the love of Jesus. I believe that when we live the love of Jesus for one another and for other people, they're going to jump to say yes to God's invitation. Let's pray. Blessed Holy Spirit. There are things that need to happen in us, changes that need to happen in us, transformations that need to happen in us that cannot happen based on our personal willpower. And so we first of all ask that you plant within us an insatiable hunger and thirst for Jesus' holy love. And we can be so distracted by the things we want, the way we think want things to be, the way we wish things were. Please let us give, help us to give those things to you and replace them with a hunger and a thirst to simply experience and share the love of Jesus. Give us a holy dissatisfaction with our status quo. It is so easy. When we follow Jesus for a while, it is so easy for us to say, oh, wow, look how far I've come. Turn us around and point is, at how far we have yet to go. Fill us with dissatisfaction with the way we are. Until we have that same prayer, deeper, deeper higher, higher every single day. Teach us to love though it costs hard trials. I was reminded recently that loving people is messy. certainly messy when you were here, Jesus. There were people who thought you were awesome, there were people who wanted to kill you. Didn't seem to be a whole lot of people in, in the middle of, of indifference. It seemed like they either wanted, wanted you or hated you. That's messy for those of us who like to just get along. We want us all together. Oh, that's so scary. But give us a love. Give us your love. That even though it costs hard trials, it just gets deeper and stronger and more winsome, more holy. Don't let us settle for anything less. Amen. Thank you again for uh, connecting with us today, either online or here on site. I'm very very appreciative, appreciate, I'm very thankful, there's the word. I'm very thankful for for your being here. And uh, I wanna encourage you now, go out in peace, have courage, Hold on to what is good. Return blessings for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor everyone. Love Jesus. And rejoice in the power of His love working in you and through you to restore all things. You are sent go with the Holy Spirit.